3: This is the Green Zone. Oh my! He is the baddest man in the NFL. This is the Green Zone with Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds on V the sports betting network.
4: It is the Green Zone presented by Bet MGM Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. We've got to halftime, as we mentioned, in New England. Cowboys down by four. Wes, what are the numbers you're seeing for the second half? All Cowboys
3: money, as you would predict. Obviously, this was a lopsided side this afternoon. Minus three and a half, minus a buck 25. Some fours out there, 27 for the second half total.
4: Uh, We have a special guest joining us right now here on the Green Zone. Max Starks is not a one-time. He is a two-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And tonight, his former team, the Steelers, will take on the Seattle Seahawks. Right now, the Steelers have been right about this number all week, at about five uh, over Seattle. Max, welcome to the program here. Let's talk about the Steelers and and this season so far before we talk in specifics for tonight's game. Kind of all over the map, a great season opening win against Buffalo. Then they look like they're dead, and then they kind of revitalized things a week ago with a big win. Where is this team emotionally heading into this Sunday night tilt?
5: team has confidence. I think the biggest thing was trying to get the buy-in the Matt Canada's system. Is is it going to work? Is it not going to work? We saw them kind of stub their toe weeks two through four, and we're like, okay, what is going to happen with this team? Are they going to do something different? Are they going to adjust? You know, is Ben Rossberg going to go back to passing the ball 40-plus times a game? And then we saw that this is the second lowest attempts he's had in the last two years with 25 And we saw that that means one thing, the run game is going, and the run game is successful, winning on first downs, right? That's the confidence that they needed, and now I think that they have that. And we all know the Steelers' history and Ben Roethlisberger's history with with primetime games. He has a very good primetime victory record. So I think that's what you're carrying and that's what you're leaning on is making sure that his offense stays on schedule with the run game
3: and Najee Harris. Max, you mentioned Ben's long-term, uh, large sample size history in primetime games. Obviously, very being very good. Recency bias would dictate, though, as a favorite at home, uh, the black and gold have not, or black and yellow rather, has not been that great. They did lose to the Raiders, of course, and they did lose to the Bengals at home. Do you think last week's offensive progression is it an aberration, or are we going to start to see a trend now with this running game?
5: Well, I think you're going to see a trend. Um, you know, Having a rookie running back in the backfield and having five new starters, the one thing that you don't have on your side is experience and time. And I think they've gathered that through the first five weeks of the season. Now you're starting to see it come together. Look, just join it disjointed at the beginning. That's why it wasn't successful because everybody was expecting them to just pick it up because we put five guys out there. And I think now these guys understand each other. And being an offensive lineman, I understand how important chemistry is. I told everybody at the beginning of the season, um, that, hey, it's going to take six weeks before this team really starts to gel from an offensive perspective with all of those new pieces. Four, four rookies starting on the offensive mm. side of the ball. That hasn't been done with the Steelers since 1973. So to have that on your side and now to see that production, I think now they're getting into a zone where they have that chemistry, and I think this is what we can expect from them to see more balance of run and pass and start to utilize a lot more of what Najee Harris could do best, and that's run the ball and make people miss.
4: Well, you're talking to Max Starks here, two-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and maybe two weeks ago, before the injury to Russell Wilson, Seattle arguably could have been favored in this football game, if not at least close to a pick Now you got to lay five against Geno Smith. Is there a danger there, uh, Max, when you look at it? You go, all right, it's Geno Smith. We've got a potential championship defense here. We're going to sit all over these guys. Does Geno pose any other problems that I mean? I don't know how he can versus what Russell Wilson would have posed?
5: Well, I mean, the last time Geno Smith started was 2017, and that was when they decided to move on from Eli Manning. Uh, The last time Geno Smith started, and obviously he's been a backup. Was in was in uh, San Diego still? Yeah, 2018. Mm -hmm. They were still San Diego. Okay, I was getting confused (laughs) when we talk about the Chargers, but put the Chargers comes over to Seattle with Pete Carroll and company, follows the OC there, and just has been that auxiliary guy. I mean, he's a guy that has a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge, and when we saw him in the relief effort last week, he did a good job of really commanding the quick stuff. But once again, the history is, is, is what I look at. The reason why Geno Smith does not last in New York, fumble issues, giving the ball away, not being you know, as careful with the football, and I think with the Steelers' defense and the pressure they're going to provide, going to make them start reliving some of those ghosts. And then you don't have Chris Carson, your safety blanket, in the backfield. You have Alex Collins start. You have Homer and uh, another guy that are going to be in the backfield, uh, Dallas, who are guys who haven't really played as much. So it's going to be a support type of backfield. And I just don't see that against the Steelers starting defense, who's still top 10 against the run.
3: Max, uh, back to the offense. We know Juju now out for the season on IR with that shoulder injury. And I think it's been established that Chase Claypool is kind of WR1, if you Mm -hmm. want to term it that way, for Ben and the Steelers' offense. But who is next man up to replace Juju's production or lack thereof recently?
5: Yeah, I I think you're looking at two guys because Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are both wide receiver one and two for this squad. So when you're looking at that third receiver, which is what Juju had, I think you have to look at two guys in two different positions, James Washington being one um, of those guys who has that skill set, has the physicality, has the body build. But I think you also have to look at tight end Pat move. A guy mm-hmm. who's been just steady Eddie, but what the run support is going to need with what Juju did. I think you can use Pat move, you can use him from a detached position and motion him in to do the similar things of going and finding safeties or going and adding in late, insert as a late lead blocker uh, for the offensive line, kind of what Juju filled. So I feel like between those two, they're going to get the first crack at the opportunity to really fill in the role that Juju did so well.
3: Friar Moof, the rookie out of Penn State, you know, he was kind of a revelation in the preseason. He mm-hmm. was like, okay, maybe they found their Heath Miller because they've been looking for that tight end in Pittsburgh over the years that was so reliable. Maybe Fryer can be the guy.
4: Yeah, they've been waiting for that tight end. We know that Ben Roethlisberger likes to have that security, Mikey. He might turn into just that. Uh, Max, when you look back at the way you guys won your Super Bowls with Bill Cowher and Mike Tomlin uh, succeeding him, Obviously, you had an identity, right? You guys played defense and you ran the football with the bus and even Fast Willie Parker there uh, to help get those rings. What's the identity of this football team? Is it similar to that? Does it have to get back to being that in order for them to reach their heights?
5: Yeah, I, I think you have to get a little bit more of that semblance. I think for the defense, it's just about health and bodies. Um, you know, this team was ravaged on the defensive line early in the year. You still don't have Stephon to it. Tyson Alawalu goes out the second game of the season and you know you have one of your top rookies uh, carlos davis that you're looking for he should get some action finally he's the one that's been battling an injury so you've really had three guys that have kind of rotated through and you still got two rookies that are still trying to make a name for themselves. isaiah loudermilk has, has come on the last couple of weeks to pair with what cam hayward gives you and what chris wormley gives you and then isaiah bugs another one so the four-man rotation between a three down team is not always great and i think the Steelers have done a great job now that they've had the healthy bodies, right? Because as soon as that happened, then your outside linebackers got, got, got injured. T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, um, Melvin Ingram has been that godsend that they expected to be a situational pass rusher that still shows he can play every down capability. So that's been the biggest issue with them. I think now that they have that health and these guys have that experience, it's going to bode well for them later in the year. And that's the first identity. The second was getting this offensive line on the same page to get Najee Harris running. We saw one. Now we need to see a follow-up, right? I don't want that to be an encore. I need that to be the precursor uh, to what we can expect for Najee Harris. So I think that's what we're going for, is to get him more in that mode of being more of a runner instead of the guy that has to split, like Alvin Kamara, 14-14 and 14 to get his 28 snaps. Let it be 23-5, and five, which was what his numbers were last week. Continue on that path, letting him be a running back first, and this team should be in a better position because when he's rushing, Ben is passing less, so therefore he can be more efficient.
3: Max, uh, when you were wearing the black and yellow for all those years in Pittsburgh, you weren't at the bottom of the AFC North division very often, if at all. But now that's where the Steelers (laughs) find themselves. Uh, What's been the attitude of the team, though? Look, they've got Cleveland ahead of them and Baltimore ahead of them. They had expectations this year. Cincinnati now four and two have kind of overachieved early in the year. What's kind of the tone and the tenor of the team right now? Is there still the optimism that, okay, we can get this back? This is no thing here.
5: Well, yeah, I think when you look at it, watching what Cleveland's doing actually right now live, right against the Arizona Cardinals, they're behind. You think Cleveland now goes to a position where they're in a 3-3 three and three situation. If they lose today, then now you have Baltimore, who's obviously head and shoulders above everybody, the way they dismantled the Chargers. That's your leader, but Cincinnati is still very gettable. After this game, say you go 3-3, three and three, you go into the bye next week, guys can get healthier. You're only one game out of being... In the wild card contentions because now that there's a seven team, you have more opportunities. So you don't lose faith or lose hope um, as a team. And it'd be nice to stack wins. And I think that's the most important thing. You get to 500 going into the bye, that still gives you a lot of momentum and a lot that's still available to you. And we still don't know how long the Baltimore Ravens can last because it's not about how hot you start, it's about how hot you finish. Because we had a team last year that went 11 and 0, and we limped into the mm-hmm. playoffs. So, that's not indicative of it. It's your staying power, and I think with all the injuries that happened early, getting young guys experience, getting them opportunities to get snaps, I think that's what's going to help towards the end of this year when you do get into a seeding position, because I think the Steelers are going to be very well alive in that seeding and jockeying for position into the playoff hunt.
4: Max Starks, it's been a pleasure having you on. Steelers Nation's sideline analyst, of course, two-time Super Bowl champion with those Pittsburgh Steelers. Max, appreciate the time the information. Enjoy the game tonight.
5: All right, thanks, guys. You guys take care. Thank you,
4: Max. Uh, we have a uh, breaking news here, development we in do. Cleveland. Look like a fumble by Baker Mayfield, and it looks like the Cardinals have the football. That's not really the story here. It could be an injury to Baker Mayfield. Right now, he is being tended to. Again, we're going to have Doctor. Terrell Julian on mm-hmm. at the end of this program. Again, we hate to see any injuries go down. Remember, he already had a bad wing here mm-hmm. on his non-throwing shoulder. We'll see if it's related to that possible injury, but it does not look good yeah. right now as the Browns. were trying to get back in this thing. Cardinals have the football up nine in an injury. Yeah, I want to see
3: the replay on that because Baker looked like he just dropped the ball. It was J.J. Watt on the pressure who's going to get credit for the sack, but the way Baker fell on that left shoulder and that left arm, he is going to be taken into the 10, so he is going to be out of the game. Arizona, by the way, going to get the ball back. Cleveland going to have to punt, but that shoulder just looked like it went in the wrong direction.
4: We'll get an update from Tank Williams at the other side of the break, but again, a lot of times when you see guys, you go, wow, he just gave up the football. Sometimes that's from excruciating pain, Mm -hmm. so we'll see what's going on with Baker. Hope for the best there if you're a Browns fan, but again, right now, not good news in Cleveland. Come on back. It is the Green Zone right here on v the Sports Betting Network. The is now available 24 7 on the YouTube TV Sports Plus package. Sign up today at tv.youtube.com to start off your free trial. And remember, you can also watch us 24 7 on Fubo TV, Swing, and Xfinity X1. Visit VSIN.com to find all the ways to watch and listen to VSIN. Back here alongside West Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Green Zone here on Beeson. and the Raiders trying to find the Green Zone again in Denver. Josh Jacobs on a nice screen pass; they're in business deep in Denver territory. Uh, Denver territory right now, up by ten under twelve minutes to go there in the third quarter. Baker Mayfield, we saw that shoulder. We're going to go back out to Tank Williams right now. It looks like he's going to try to give this a go, Tank. We, we mentioned that he had a left shoulder, uh, non, non-throwing non shoulder injury uh, for a couple of weeks now. It looks like that's exactly what he fell on.
7: Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where we always say that guys are always playing through something. And, I mean, the way he fell on that show, it just didn't look right. I mean, you know, like sometimes when you're preparing that Thanksgiving turkey, you have to fold the wing back there before <laughs> you put it in the fryer, And that's how his arm looked on the ground, just totally nasty. But I feel like... The one thing that you take away from this, hopefully the Cleveland Browns fans, I know the players do on that team. Baker was probably in that tent for like five seconds before he came out of there with that look on his face like, I don't care what y'all talking about. I'm going back in this game. And so I don't even know if they had time to look at his shoulder. So when you have your quarterback, whether that's for the good of the team or not, that has that mentality that I'm going to come out there, regardless of how much I'm hurting to try to go win the game for my team, I mean, you got to love that. And so, I mean, Baker, I love having fun with Baker and all the commercials, all that stuff on social media here online with you guys. But you can't question his toughness. You can't question his will to win. And regardless of how this game comes out, he's already had my respect, and he has it even more from what he's trying to show, trying to come back into this game and help his team win this game.
4: That's a great point because we just saw a Tank right here. He's zipping throws on the sideline there. And we saw Case Keenum. Doing the Dak Prescott, getting the hips going, so we're like all playing doctors here. Going well, it's got to be Case Keenum from here on out. To Tank's point, whether you like him, don't like him, what have you, the teammates will absolutely love that. They won't love that they just gave up another touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah,
3: covered number ten. There was like nobody within about five miles of him. So uh, now uh, Arizona going to go up twenty nine to fourteen. The in play wagering disappears. That'll have to be repriced. Two fifty six left to go. Ooh. Cleveland, if they could have got a stop there, they could have stayed in the game. Now they're very much up against
4: All right, so PAT pending there, so it could be a 16-point deficit. Let's see if Baker Mayfield comes back out there. Maybe Kevin Stefanski, this thing gets out of hand, takes that decision away from him. But as of right now, that is a clear touchdown. PAT pending, 29-14. Right now, the Birds flying high in Cleveland. Let's go back out to Chad Anders. And the Raiders, my goodness, third quarter... Here come the fighting Raiders, and they look different today, certainly, than the the way they looked last week against the Bears.
8: Another long touchdown drive for the Raiders. This one taking just uh, four plays to go 56 yards in a minute 23, and it's Kenyon Drake again, this time an 18-yard touchdown run. He's got two touchdowns on the last two Raiders possessions. It's been a total of nine plays covering two minutes and one second. Meanwhile, the wheels are now completely off for Vic Fangio and the Broncos. They started the second half down three linebackers. Alexander Johnson, Barrett Browning, Andre Mintz all out with injuries. Raiders capitalized right away with that touchdown drive. Guys, I got to tell you, they honored Mike Shanahan, putting him in the ring of fame at halftime and Broncos country is ready for him to put on the headset. Like this is ugly. This is really really ugly and uh, it's happened in the past with Shanahan himself with Josh McDaniels with Dan Reeves. When you lose at home to the Raiders and you're already on the hot seat, it's bad bad news if you're a Vic Fangio and his staff. They
3: were just showing by the way Mike Shanahan and John Elway as Shanahan being unveiled into the Broncos ring of fame in those nice orange jackets, Oof. but uh, It's 24-7 now, Las Vegas Raiders. By the way, Raiders minus 11.5, 50.5. And look... We know no love lost between Shanahan and no, the Raider no. organization. Those, 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 uh, those wounds and those scars run deep here. But right now, the only scars are the ones the Broncos are wearing Raiders. Nice effort, though, with uh, this tumultuous week My goodness. that we have talked about as nauseam. And look, I think you and I were on the Lombardi line on Tuesday. Michael takes his day off on Tuesday. That's usually the media day mm-hmm. off and really the day off for all the players around the league. And Michael called in to talk about this, and he goes, this could be a good thing for Absolutely. the Raiders. This could be a good thing to kind of reset here. Now, we know Gruden not only had the play calling, but he also had the personnel control. Mike Mayock, the GM, never really had total control. So now, all of a sudden, you turn the play calling over, and everybody kind of comes together under adversity, rally around the family, and that's what the Raiders are doing.
4: Yeah, the ghost of Al Davis right now, is he. if he's looking down, he's enjoying what he's seeing today. Like, go ahead, enshrine Mike Shanahan into that hall. We're going to go mm-hmm. out there and get the W 24-7 right now. Uh, the boys from Vegas, all over Denver. I covered Mike Shanahan in Washington, D.C. for a number of years, and I'll tell you this. Say what you want about the Shanahans. They always had the offense right, and they did it with Robert Griffin III, his rookie year. They had Sean McVay. They had Kyle Shanahan, obviously, on those staffs. So right now the problem in Denver is offense. Vic Fangio might have fixed the defense, not today, but overall the offense is an issue in Denver. You wonder, you get the feeling from Chad, He's clearly on this hot seat if he can't figure out a way to get this offense going. A great start to the Broncos, kind of like Carolina. If this stays the way it is, it's going to be uh, not a great look here for the last couple weeks. The offense
3: also an issue for New England, and we'll get out to our man Eric Edholm monitoring this game. He, of course, just tweeted it out, Eric. Uh, no first down since the Ooh. early second quarter for the New England Patriots. How long can they survive this ineffective offense?
9: Getting a little dicey here for the Patriots on offense. Really started with that fumble in the second quarter. That was the drive they had that first down on. Uh, Had a pair of them and then ended in the fumble. Had a block punt, then kneeled down at the end of the half and back-to-back three and outs. I should say, uh, yeah, back-to-back three and outs on their first two possessions of the second half. Punt, punt. This one was at midfield. You know, not sure about Brandon Bolden on a short yard uh, situation there. Ramondre Stevenson had been running well. Damian Harris had been running well. They go to Bolden, it doesn't work. So there's plenty of questions here for New England, and they've got to come up with answers fast. Dak Prescott is getting the ball back. You know, they have moved the ball. You know, they have the the two red zone uh, turnovers that really cost them dearly. They really should be up uh, quite a bit right now. It would be 24 to 14. But as it stands, 14 for New England, 10 for Dallas. They are getting the ball back right now as we get close to the midpoint of the third quarter right now.
3: And you look at the Cowboys, minus one and a half even money, 45 and a half oh. now on the total. God, that seems like low-hanging fruit, though, With based on what we just heard Eric say to us, that New England does not have a first down no. since early second quarter. They just have not been able to maintain it. A very good start for the game, but you look... Dallas has run 44 plays, from scrimmage. New England, which is 23. Now that yards per play, remember that big drive. It was like New England was like 12 yards a play. Now just 6.2 yards a play. They can't stay on the field. Mac Jones, perfect in terms of passing. 9-9 from 96 yards, but really not any deep shots no. yet down the field.
4: A lot of dinking and dunking going on there in New England. So again, it does feel like the Cowboys should be the right side here if you want to do the live in-game and lay the point. The problem is every time they're on the verge of taking the lead, they don't take the lead. Mm -hmm. So let's see if they can finally capitalize on this here as they get the ball back. Baker Mayfield is back, and right now Cleveland is going to come up a little bit short, it looks like, on a third and seven. Be very close here. And again, about that no man, it's like the new NFL no man's land. Mm -hmm. Fourth and one at your own 45. What do you do? Do you go for it? Do you punt it? Stefanski is going to go for it, down 16 here uh, in the waning minutes uh, here in the third quarter, which obviously is a no-brainer when you're down two scores like they are. But well, let's see here. Baker Mayfield did tough it out here, and gets back out there. It's amazing what one quick visit to the tent can do because yeah. he looks spry and he looks good. Fourth
3: and one here. This is the ball game. You got to think down sixteen minute thirty left to go in the third quarter.
4: Well, let's see if they try to get it with Kareem Hunt or if they try to let Baker Mayfield do it because again, you expected obviously Nick Chubb not being in there would be it would have some sort of toll. Well, they get the first down by throwing, going play action on fourth and one to keep this drive alive. Just outside of a minute to go here in the third quarter, the Broncos, signs of life. You know, you start threatening guys' jobs, and maybe all of a sudden they start getting the offense going. (laughs) Vic Fangio trying to do that as the Broncos have the ball in Denver territory right now, but they're in a world of hurt, down three scores right now, down by 17. And again, the Cowboys have the ball nine minutes to go in the third quarter. Those are the three games that are active as the Broncos are now down to the 15-yard line of the Raiders, trying to get a quick response against the boys from Vegas.
3: Cowboys on their own five. Uh, Dak hit Zeke for about 14 yards for a first down but Zach Martin, ineligible man downfield. So now uh, Dallas getting pinned deep. Dallas really hurting themselves with penalties, too. Eight penalties for 80 yards.
4: Well, see what Dak does here out of his own end zone. Finds Zeke uh, over the middle. He's going to get a first down, so the Cowboys get out of the shadow of their own goal line. And again, the Browns trying to keep moving here as they go with Kareem Hunt and get the ball on the other side of the 50 here. Uh, as they try to inch ever so closely. But again, time will start to become a factor in Cleveland here. Still a lot of time in Denver and in New England. But that's going to bring us to the end of the third quarter in Cleveland with the Arizona Cardinals holding on to a 16-point lead. And again, the last undefeated at 5-0. and oh, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but this would be another statement win to go on the road, cross-country. We saw some of those west coast to east coast did not fare very well today. So far, they're faring just fine.
3: Story of the game, though, here. Browns only committed four turnovers in the first five games. They have three today. The stats are very even, but the most important stat is the scoreboard, and that's all Arizona 30 to 14 through 3.
4: Okay, after the third quarter, that has now come to an end. Again, the Broncos right now facing a second down deep inside uh, Las Vegas Raiders territory, and the Cowboys trying to move it down the field here as they are trailing by four in New England. Don't go anywhere. Brian McFadden, two-time Super Bowl champion, going to join us later on this hour, right here in the Green Zone on Veasan, the sports betting network. Football season, your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Back here alongside West Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Green Zone here on VEASAN and the browns trying to make this thing interesting right now. Kareem Hunt has got a they're going have about a second and second and 5 it looks like from about the 10-yard line. And oh by the way, Odell Beckham Jr. also back in this football game along with Baker Mayfield. Let's get back out to Tank Williams. Watching this game, you made the point about Baker here, Tank, that that's got to endear himself to his teammates. Hey, Odell Beckham Jr. I can be tough on the guys that I think are superstars in this league, that don't don't always play like one. He's not acting like a diva, getting back out there with that bad wing of his own.
7: Right, Odell's going out there making plays, and like we said, I mean, you know, Baker going back out there playing hurt, you know, injected some energy into this Cleveland offense, and so now they're going down here driving, trying to score. Actually, Kareem Hunt is making some plays in the run game. Uh, he has a carry right here. It looked like he's going to end up being about third and five here, but I like what I see from Cleveland right now. They're playing with some energy. They have a little momentum going on their side, and. If we can get a touchdown in the two-point conversion right here, then they're only one score down. And so things get a little bit tighter, what you would anticipate when we're looking at this game, you know, about halfway or so through the first quarter, the first half. So really like what I'm seeing out of Cleveland, where they can come back and pull off the the uh, the comeback or not. I, I really like the attitude that they've shown coming out this second half, showing that they're not going to give up and they're, they're going to try to continue to fight. And they actually may be able to tie this thing up if they – Keep playing good ball uh, on both sides of the ball.
4: Well, it's going to be a fourth down here. They're yeah. obviously going to have to go for it here, fourth and fourth, but uh, fourth and four here. But Tech, I did want to ask you about Kyler Murray because on the other side here for the Cardinals, and in game as this game progressed, his MVP odds went from plus four fifty to plus three fifty. Now the favorite right now to be the MVP in this league. What have you seen from him today? Maybe not the biggest numbers game per se. But does this feel like an MVP quarterback you're watching week in and week out?
7: I mean, I think if you look at the body of work, I mean, it feels like an MVP-worthy quarterback. But this game in particular, no. I mean, he's had like a bunch of fumbles and, you know, some errant throws that he'd like to have back. He has some drops by the wide receivers that he'd like to have the ball caught. I mean, if you're talking to me personally about who I feel is the MVP favorite, I would say Lamar Jackson, because if you look at Kyler Murray, I mean, he has DeAndre Hopkins. You have Christian Kirk. You have Rondell Moore. You have those two really good running backs. You have A.J. Green. Now you add Zach Ertz to the mix, and you also have some dogs on defense that are helping you. Like, Lamar Jackson, like, that defense was decimated early in the year. I mean, he's down to his fourth or fifth running back. He only has Hollywood Brown. That's the competent wide receiver out there. They're just now getting baiting some of those guys back. Mark Andrews has just come along in the past couple games. So, it's basically been Lamar, and that's it. So, if you look at the quarterback or the MVP race, you want to say, which quarterback would I choose as my MVP out of you know Lamar Jackson's body of work versus Kyler I'm going to choose Lamar but at the same time you can't take away anything that Kyler has done having his team undefeated today and making big plays on a weekly basis
4: Yeah I'm right there with you and again Lamar Jackson by the way is down to 11 to 1 in those MVP he was 12 to 1 before the action today remember just 2 weeks ago it was 25 to 1 and I said then you might want to think about hopping in on Lamar Jackson but again that fourth down was incomplete Odell Beckham Jr on a slant pattern was hit by Alford knocked the ball loose. He could not hold on to it. So right now, all things looking pretty good for the MVP candidate in Kyler Murray and company. They have the ball up 16 in the first. Kareem
3: Hunt, by the way, injured during the play, returned questionable. So they went to break before that. So uh, OBJ couldn't come up with that pass. Now 30 to 14, 12 minutes left to go.
4: And touchdown in Dallas, the Cowboys have finally retaken the lead with C.D. Lamb getting on the board there. So P.A.T. pending. 16-14 16-14 right now. Cowboys in the lead.
3: Big, uh, maybe a questionable penalty call. It looked like Matt Judon had hit the arm of Dak Prescott. They call pass interference because the ball they were claiming it was tipped. He really hit his arm. I don't think the ball was tipped, but they call pass interference. They get first and goal from one. Now Dallas has the lead.
4: And we'll get back to Eric at home on that. I'm right there with you, Wes. I looked at that play and I thought that's pass interference for a guy that got knocked off his spot in the quarterback. That's good defense to me. The extra point is good. 17-14 right now. Cowboys have the lead. Let's go back out to Chad Andrews. Last we spoke to Chad. The Raiders had that 24-7 lead. Broncos getting closer, but maybe not as close as they wanted. Right, Chad?
8: Yeah, Raiders still 10.5 uh, right now, total up to 50.5, though, after the Broncos added a field goal to make it a 24-10 game. Drive stalled in the red zone, and they settled for a Brandon McManus field goal down 24-7 to to make it a two-touchdown game, but they did just force a three and out for Derek Carr and company, and will get the ball back at their own 13-yard line, so... Denver's offense is going to need a furious rally, and they're going to need a Mike Shanahan type of rally in the second half on Mike Shanahan Day at Mile
4: High. All right. Let's see if they can get it done, Chad. Again, 14-point game there, but they are getting the football back. We mentioned the Browns. Boy, I tell you, Wes, every time we look up, it's a key player. If it's not Odell Beckham Jr., if it's not Baker Mayfield, now it's Kareem Hunt. And the way they were carrying him off the field, not putting any weight on his right leg – We'll see if we can get an update on that, but that doesn't look good. You're already without Nick Chubb, and I'm not just talking about for this week. I'm talking about in general for the Browns going forward. This could be a disastrous uh, Sunday for Kevin Stefanski and company. Right now, let's go back out to Eric at home watching the Cowboys and the Patriots. And Eric, Wes and I are sitting here looking at it and go, we saw the pass interference interference call that set up the touchdown to CeeDee Lamb. Was that pass interference to you? Because it didn't look like it to us.
9: Uh, a very uh, questionable call there. Also, as you guys mentioned, Matt Judon came in, uh, at least affected the throw. We can't quite tell if he got his hand on Dak Prescott's arm or on the ball. Of course, a tip pass would negate pass interference, but nonetheless, it was called. It set up a touchdown, a fade pass to CeeDee Lamb in the corner of the end zone, beat Jalen Mills. So the Cowboys finally take the lead here, 17-14. to New England just hasn't gotten anything going offensively. Only have one drive longer than 34 yards all, see, all all game long, I should say, and that was back in the first quarter. Dallas ended up going 91 yards if you count the penalty that was marked off. So uh, a huge sort of field flipping drive and a game changing drive as we get in under the five minute mark in the third quarter here. Dallas up now 17 to 14. If the Patriots don't answer offensively, they are going to be in trouble here in the fourth quarter, third Surpri- quarter, and fourth quarter.
3: Surprisingly enough, a little bit of respect for the Patriots in the in-game market, three and a half. Obviously, the hook is valuable, yeah. but minus 135 VIG. So that's basically, you know, pre-flop Dallas was three and a half, four, depending on your store. But to Eric's point, you know, how long is this New England defense going to hold up without this offense doing something? Good start on this drive, though, with a... Uh, a nice little screen pass it looked like there to... uh Or actually, Damian Harris run up the middle for uh, 10 yards. And so now New England first and 10 on their own 40. New England has to get points on this drive. Any chance of covering this game or even winning.
4: Well, again, 14 points in the first quarter. Nothing since then for New England. So we'll see how this plays out. But from a Cowboy perspective here, Tyron Smith going out at left tackle. We'll have to see if he is able to come back in this game. But again... Cowboys offensive line, they were getting back to their healthy ways here, but Tyron Smith is a big part of that, certainly on the left side, so we'll have to keep an eye on that, whether or not he's able to go in this game and going forward. Again, about 11 minutes to go in Cleveland. Right now, keep an eye on that. The Cardinals are really in command. they up by 16 points. And with the football in the Raiders right now, uh, still lots of time to go here. Uh, five minutes to go in the third quarter. Teddy, two gloves and company, they have the ball deep in their own. And Kareem Hunt, is being carted off the field in Cleveland. Let's go back out to Tank Williams. And, Tank, we never want you to play doctor, but I feel like every time we go to you, it's a key member of the Browns with another key injury.
7: Yeah, and you see Kareem Hunt. I don't know. You see him grabbing at his lower right leg. I'm not sure. It didn't look that bad, so it looked like it could be like a calf or something. Like, obviously, we're not doctors, and they'll report on it or something, but it looks like more of a muscle-type injury. Than something that was ligaments so hopefully if that's the case then it may be something that can put him out for a game or two but it's nothing that would be you know uh, an extended period of time so that's what I'm hoping for but like we said we're not doctors we don't have a report on what exactly happened but when you look at the replay you can't really see him contacting somebody on the defensive side of ball or offense where it seems like it could have been something that was super significant unless it's like an Achilles or something like that but Really hard to tell.
4: Yeah, and that's the thing, though, Tank, and you know this being a former player in the league. The, the, what I look for and through the years, you've noticed it with body language. And the body language of Kareem yeah. Hunt was not good, and there were actually tears coming down his face as he left the field being assisted off. And then when you go off on the cart and start kind of doing the wave to the fans, it, 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 we, we, just, we always hope for the best with these guys. We always want teams at the full strength. The Browns are not at full strength. And certainly the rest of today looks like it's bleak at best the future might not be looking so good as well. The Patriots were stopped. They have punted the football back to the Cowboys here, so Dallas trying to take command, but they just fumbled the football on the punt. Let's see who gets it in a scrum. So again, the Cowboys every time they try to get a little breather, they shoot themselves in the foot.
3: Yeah, that was uh, Mac Jones' first incomplete pass, by the way. Jacoby Myers maybe could have had that, but Wasn't able to come up with it. Let's see if they can come up with this fumble. 158 left to go in the third quarter. Dallas 17-14.
4: Could be a huge momentum shifter here, but let's see what the call is. It looks like the Cowboys have retained possession and will take over the football with two minutes to go in the third quarter. Woo! Take a deep breath. Come on back. When we come back, two-time Super Bowl champion Brian McFadden right here on the Green Zone on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Sign up today at BetMGM and enjoy the thrill of victory on your very first bet. The King of Sportsbooks welcomes you to Showtime with the lock of the year. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any pro football game and if any team scores a touchdown on Sunday, you're going to win $200 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VESAN200 when you make your first bet to take advantage of this offer, enjoy football like never before with BetMGM's live betting options, boosted odds specials, and daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use the bonus code VESIN200 to win 200 bucks in free bets if any team simply scores a touchdown on Sunday. New customer offer, paid free bets, eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Dave Ross alongside West here on the Green Zone on Visa. And right now, it looks like it's all but over in Cleveland. As a matter of fact, touchdown King Kyler Murray going to A.J. Green. Yes, that A.J. Green for the touchdown that will cement things yeah. for the Cardinals as they take a three touchdown lead.
3: Does push that over the total, by the way. This was a big move downwards 54 to 48 and a half because of the heavy winds in Cleveland. Mm. Uh, the wind blowing against the Browns all day. The only heavy winds is this Arizona offense now 36 to 14. We'll see if they go for two. It's not going to matter. Cardinals are going to remain undefeated 6 and 0. Uh,
4: big play potentially in Denver where it looked like. Henry Ruggs might have beat the blitz. Derek Carr getting it out to Ruggs. We'll see if the call stands. If so, it would be a first and goal for the Raiders as they already have a two-touchdown lead and they try to cement things in Denver. Um, again, I, I try not to play favorites with our guests, but Brian McFadden is just one of my faves. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He does great work uh, for CBS HQ, and also you've got to listen to his podcast, All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson. They do a great job, very entertaining pod. Mac, great to have you back on the program here. Obviously, your Steelers have a big one, and I say big in the sense that it's a game they are now expected to win, laying the five uh, at home tonight against Seattle. I guess you got to feel better about the Steelers' uh, propositions here going forward. Obviously, no Russell Wilson tonight, but just from the Steelers' side, it looks like they're getting their mojo back. What have you seen in the last week that might make you a believer that, that Mike Tomlin's right of the ship here in the Steel City?
2: Well, the office alignment of finally came to the party. I mean, the Steelers were trying to party with all the office alignment, of and they were the unit that was supposed to bring the drinks and the food. And we know a party is not a party if you don't have proper drinks and you don't have proper food. They brought the food and the drinks last week, and I believe they will continue to do that trend against a favorable matchup in the Seattle Seahawks when you look at that defensive front. So if the offensive line is doing what they're supposed to do, they will be productive. I mean, last week we finally saw Najee Harris, like the first-round selection that he was supposed to look like from week one. Big Ben looked pretty good taking shots on the football field. You know, all these guys that I just mentioned, Big Ben and Najee, they can put up big-time numbers. They can do some real good things only if the offensive line allows them to do so.
3: BMAC, uh, what we saw last week, we saw the best, offensive performance from the Steelers really top to bottom not only the running game you mentioned but also in the passing game Big Ben was able to get shots down the field those have been few and far between so far this season so aberration or start of a trend here for the Steeler offense I think start of a trend and the reason why I say that I mean it can't really get any worse than what
2: it was the first four weeks of the season and also, too, one, I felt like it would take some time for this entire unit to gel on the offensive line. Pretty much almost every starter from a year ago is no longer there. So the continuity and the chemistry clearly wasn't there. And these guys didn't really play together a lot in, in meaningful snaps in the preseason. So if they can kind of right their wrongs and be more consistent, yeah, I think we will con- can continue to see a more productive trend coming from Big Ben and coming from the ground and pound attack as well.
4: I've been to uh, some parties with Brian McFadden, and, and you normally do bring all the drinks and all the party supplies, but they're non-alcoholic. Whenever you bring them, BMAC, uh, I do want to talk no about. <laughs> I want to talk about this offense in specifics because we talked to you a couple weeks ago, and we just didn't have any reason to have any hope, right? And you mentioned the offensive line out bringing those drinks to the party, and so they can get that running game going. What about Ben specifically? What about Ben Roethlisberger? Is he still the guy that you would trust going forward with this football team to get them back in the mix in this division?
2: No question, Dave Ross. You have to trust Big Ben. I mean, would you want to give the keys to Mason Rudolph? No. Would you want to give the keys to Dwayne Haskins? No. Right? So you have to trust Big Ben, and Big Ben just proved to all of us, if you can protect me, I can deliver the goods. Right? He delivered the goods last week, and I think the offensive line understand, like, yo, for us to be competitive, for us to do everything we would like to do, reach all of our goals, we gotta, we gotta do a better job. And when they do a better job, number seven can deliver like he did last week. And I think he will deliver once again. Sunday night football, you know, Mike Tomlin don't play around on primetime stages, Dave. You guys know that. You know, if Mike Tomlin's one of the best coaches when it comes to being on a primetime stage when the lights are at his brightest. He shows up and he shows out. So when you factor all that into the equation, and not to mention the much improved offensive
3: line, you really got to love the Steelers tonight.
4: Well, that's the, the 757 doesn't mess around, as B-Mac knows. And Mike Tomlin's from the 757. So they should be ready to play tonight.
3: Yeah, and I, I was going to ask Brian here in terms of, look, he's spending time being a member of the Steelers. Obviously, the guys still talk, Dave, and and you hear from players oh, and whatnot. Yeah. What is the tone and tenor of this team right now? Because the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't used to being at the bottom in the AFC North. And I, we were talking with Max Starks earlier. It's like, I don't know if you guys were ever in the bottom of mm-hmm. the AFC North, maybe after week one or something like that. But now, all of a sudden, looking up at the Ravens, looking up at the Bengals, Browns are going to take an L today, 37-14 now, the current score. What, what do you hear from these guys? Still optimism, still like, okay, we're going to be all right here. Yeah, they're
2: optimistic. I think the biggest concern for Pittsburgh was offensively, offensive line-wise. If that unit can get better, they can go out and do everything they would like to do, specifically in the division. Because I can tell you this much, watching the Cleveland Browns today, that team is very, very vulnerable. Right? We saw them take one on the chin last week. The Arizona Cardinals came and hit them on the opposite chin. And some key guys are dealing with injuries. We saw Kareem Hunt he carried off the football field even though I didn't want to see that having my fantasy lineup but I'm just crossing my fingers Baker got banged up he didn't look good so that division I'm not saying the division is wide open but the Many people feel like the Browns was a top team in division, uh, no worse than number two. But with all the injuries, with them in that losing skid right now, the window is open for the Pittsburgh Steelers to make this AFC North uh, race real spicy.
4: Okay, I got about three minutes left with the two-time Super Bowl champion, Brian McFadden. Before we look ahead to the Monday night game here and get your thoughts on the Bills and Titans, let's go back to your prime, B-Mac, right? You're a young KGDB, right? You hear Renegade at the end of the third quarter. You're all jacked up. And you've got Geno Smith coming to town. Are you licking your chops tonight to get a pick six against a guy like Geno who has been turnover prone, shall we say, in his career?
2: Yeah, you're licking your chops, but you also got to respect him as a professional quarterback. You know, he's a backup that has, at one point in time, was a starting quarterback. But your job as a defender in the Steeler uniform is to make him look like a backup quarterback. That's what you're supposed to do. You can't allow him to gain any confidence. Remember when he came into the ball game last week, last Thursday night against the Rams? He did some pretty good things. He was able to orchestrate some positive yards, some positive drives, and then ultimately that big-time interception that wasn't solely on him uh, happened for the Rams when Tyler Lockett slipped on his route. But you got to force force Geno to be in difficult situations and don't allow him to gain confidence. you got to take his confidence in the first quarter because if you do so, the the remaining three quarters would definitely go in your favor.
3: Uh, BMAC, in terms of defense tonight, uh, what Dave has mentioned about Geno Smith, do you expect Butler to be really aggressive tonight and bring a bunch of pressure or play more man coverage? What do you expect to see out of that Steeler defense?
2: I mean, the element of surprise is something no quarterback is ready for so sh- let's 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 get exotic and what we were showing in the coverage standpoint uh, let's bring some heat let's make him uncomfortable and let's bluff I mean most great poker players are great bluffers right <laughs> so, thing to be said for defensive coordinators it's a chess match it's a poker game you got to bluff you got to make these guys think you're coming when you're not coming so they can go ahead and throw the ball right there in your chest so you got to show everything that you have in your hand in tonight's game, because like you just, you guys talked about how competitive this AFC North might be. You don't really have a lot of room for error in this division. No.
4: we got about one minute to go here, B-Mac. Very quickly, let's look ahead to tomorrow night. I think the Buffalo Bills are the best team possibly in football. But you guys, the Steelers, punched them in the throat there week one to get that win at Orchard Park. What would the Titans have to do to spring what would look, look to be a pretty big upset at home?
2: They got to do what Steelers did week one against the Bills, which was hit Josh Allen. Hit him, hit him, hit him for four quarters. You know, make him feel nervous. Make him make him see ghosts that we saw from Sam Donald some years ago. Mm -hmm. If you allow Josh Allen to get into a rhythm, man, good night. And defensively for the Bills, that has been the biggest surprise. One of the biggest surprises in the National Football League, how well and dominant their defensive unit has looked. You know, the the, the Titans will be with their top – two wide receivers, Julio Brown, uh, A.J. Brown's dealing with the il- illness, but he's questionable, so I expect to see him in the lineup. you got to go ahead and do what you've been doing the last few weeks. I mean, the Bills offense, they got the number one scoring uh, uh, defense in the league. They have the number one scoring offense in the league, 34 points and only allowing 12. If that trend continues, you better believe Buffalo will have a lot of fun down there in nashville
4: i gotta tell you that's why i love having a two-time super bowl champion i ask him about the offense for the bills he talks about the defense for the bills that's what the great ones do b-mac miss you brother hope you're doing well (laughs) cannot wait to listen to your podcast this week
2: hey hey, dave you owe me some cheesecake too so you send me a cheesecake gift card i'll take you my
4: address i'll have my people (laughs) talk to your people we are back right here on visa the sports betting network
1: if you dare.